Oppenheimer is probably pretty similar to like the guy who made the super soaker, right? Who was also actually a nuclear engineer. Fun fact. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Vetrano, here's Eric Bilstad. Vince is back on Monday. Mike Spaulding helping out. Brandon Snyder here on Sports. Adam Robertson for Debbie Lazga. And thanks to Greg Pancake Hill for keeping us on track today. So Navy Week is here in Milwaukee. Lots going on as far as the, the Navy stuff. The USS Milwaukee, some of those sailors are in town as well. Of course, we have the Air and Water Show, which kicks off tomorrow. Uh, Rear Admiral Doug Perry from the U.S. Navy was in the building yesterday, and he spent some time with WDTMJ's Libby Collins. And uh, she shared this with me. He talked about 9-11. He was at the Pentagon. I just thought this was fascinating. This is just a snippet of his conversation with Libby. I haven't heard any planes flying over the Pentagon. Now, the Pentagon is situated right at National Airport. It's between National Airport and Roslyn's, across the Potomac River from the Washington Monument. But at that time, that was the commuter flight path to National Airport. We were on the fifth deck of the Pentagon, and the windows were always open because it was too cold in the summer and it was too hot in the winter. But the planes would fly over like about 50 feet above the building every day. We're not here in any planes. And I looked at the pilot. I said, we're next. If someone's attacking the United States, this is a regular flight path. They're going to fly right here. Within two seconds, I heard a big, heavy rumble. It sounded like a train running into a concrete building. And it was the flight hitting the west corridor of the Pentagon. That's U.S. Navy Admiral Doug Perry in town for Navy Week with WDTMJ's Libby Collins. The entire conversation, much more on that and more during WDTMJ Conversations, 11 a.m. on Sunday, right here on WDTMJ. Brandon Snide has sports in 60 seconds. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Corbin Burns tossed eight scoreless innings, and Christian Yelich hit a three-run homer as the Milwaukee Brewers concluded their six-game road trip on Thursday afternoon with a 4-0 win over the Philadelphia Phillies. Yelich finished the day a triple shy of the cycle, going three for four with that home run, a double, and a single. You know, one of those days where you got good pitches to hit early and, and try not to miss them. You know, it wasn't a conscious effort to, to swing early, but uh, it kind of just worked out that way. With the win, the Brewers did take two out of three in Philly while also winning six out of their last seven games. Milwaukee is back home tonight as they get set to embark on a three-game series against the Atlanta Braves over at American Family Field. Coverage will begin right here on WTMJ at 6 p.m. with our Brewers warm-up. Over to the NFL, where the Washington Commanders no longer belong to Dan Snyder. NFL owners voted during a special session Thursday afternoon, unanimously approving the team's sale from the Snyder family to a group led by Josh Harris for a record-setting $6.05 billion. A new era will begin in Green Bay as the Packers rookies will report to Titletown today as they begin Ahead of training camp, Matt LaFleur and company gathering excitement around this year's draft class. Well, I think the expectations are to put in the work each and every day and, and get better and better and better, but never going to limit what we can and cannot do. We just got to find out what works best. Certainly having a lot of youth is exciting because you really don't know until you get these guys in here and start to work with them. But I do think we've got some talented players to work with and we'll see what they can handle. The Packers first training camp practice is scheduled for July 20th. 26. And lastly, the U.S. women's national soccer team will look to defend their World Cup title beginning tonight as they take on Vietnam to begin group play. That match play is all set. 
for 8 p.m. So what do we expect? We're expecting a boat race there, right? I, I would hope that so. One easy. We're expecting a... I would, I would hope so. Alex Morgan to count all yeah. of her fingers? <laughs> yeah, I would, I, would, I, would, I would hope so. I think, I think they're going to do re- really well tonight. Good old-fashioned log rolling. 718. <laughs> hey, quick reminder. Reince Priebus will join uh, WDTMJ now at 9 o'clock today. Sandy Max in for Steve Scafidi, who is out. So just Sandy today. WDTMJ now, 9 o'clock. Reince Priebus. Many, many, many things to chat with him about that will happen here in just a couple of hours. Now, last month... Southeast Wisconsin recorded some of the worst air quality in the world for uh, several days because of the Canadian wildfire smoke. And then it's come back around a little bit. Some days you notice it more than others. Well, now, as scientists and meteorologists say bad air quality events could become more of a common thing, it's important to keep the air inside your home as clean as possible. WDTMJ's Adam Roberts has more. On June 27th, Southeast Wisconsin dealt with some of the worst air quality in its recorded history. From the WTMJ Breaking News Center, that air quality index for Milwaukee is currently very unhealthy. Health leaders recommending avoiding all outdoor activities and staying inside if possible. The air quality index today remains in that very unhealthy category. And the unprecedented nature of the air quality caught many people off guard. But now as people look ahead to a future where these types of situations could become more common, many are trying to prepare in advance, including when it comes to keeping the quality of their indoor air as clean as possible. Now first, let's talk air conditioning. If you're like me during the wildfire smoke, you probably Googled the question, do air conditioners bring in air from outside? And like many things, the answer lies somewhere between yes and no. It is a little bit more complicated. So newer homes, newer constructed homes are going to have a much better ability at filtering the air. David Nason is a building inspector and a voice you hear on WTMJ's Fix-It show every Saturday. He tells me that while your air conditioner by design is not meant to bring outside air in, the design and age of your home is the biggest determining factor on how much fresh air stays inside and how little polluted air gets in from the outside. Older homes typically were more drafty around windows and doors and just the general construction. Therefore, the fresh air that we get in an older home comes in through these spaces and everything, and it's not filtered. So an older home may get dirtier air or smokier air in it through these little spaces where the air just filters in. All right, so you've taken care of drafty areas, you've cranked on the AC, and you've shut all of your windows to keep smoke from outside. Now, that's not the long-term solution either, according to Nason. Our homes need to have fresh air inside them. So if you just closed up your windows and all your doors and you never opened anything, and all you did is recirculate that air inside your house, you're going to get dirty air inside your house eventually. So what's a homeowner to do? Well, David says there's one component to your house that should be routinely checked upon that will help keep the air inside your home as pure as possible. Regularly change your furnace filter. It's also the filter that your air conditioner is using, so you can't forget about it in the summer. Additionally, you can expect building inspections to put a bigger emphasis on air quality in the home going forward. Indoor air quality has become a bigger issue 
as our homes have gotten tighter, the construction methods are, are much more efficient. Windows are more efficient. The weather stripping on there is better. As we just went through the pandemic, people are more and more aware of the quality of their air that they're breathing inside their homes. It definitely will be something that inspectors will, will want to be paying more attention to. So make sure to check your furnace filter, take care of drafty areas, and if you have any other questions, contact your local heating and cooling expert. And don't be afraid to ask too many questions, because when it comes to the air you breathe, it never hurts to be overprepared. Adam Roberts, WTMJ News. Good stuff from Adam Roberts. Thank you, sir. 725 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Vince Vetrano, who now is the proud owner of a brand new water heater, will be back on Monday, taking a couple of days here. He had planned this. This wasn't because of his water heater issue. So he'll be back Monday on the program. Uh, a couple of things to, to remind you of as well. We got a big weekend ahead. The Air and Water Show kicks off tomorrow, although the planes, we've heard them. They've been all over the place already. We've heard plenty of the planes. We have the Navy Week situation. We have Northwestern Mutual's big annual convention kicking off here in the next couple of days. So there's going to be a lot of people in town for that as well. So the uh, summer and the uh, events continue here in Milwaukee and in the surrounding areas. And by the way, he's back. I didn't realize the Axle had returned. Axel Wenzel, the kid from Brilliant, Wisconsin... He is back. He, this is the kid who won the, uh, the mullet championship, the U.S. mullet championship last year. He's in it again. He's going for two in a row. So I went to mulletchamp.com to, to look him up to see. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. To, you know, to see his specs and mm-hmm. see the new pictures or whatnot. And, uh, I searched Axel. And he wasn't the only candidate. (laughs) Many axles? Yes, there were at least two axles that are also in for this mullet championship. His little summary here says, I started growing my mullet uh, three years ago when my Uncle Lucas promised to buy me a Camaro if I grow it until I'm 16. Everything about that sentence is the most believable (laughs) on-brand thing I've ever heard in my life. So he's taking that challenge. And determined to get that car. He's just a kid. He's got to be like eight. Uh, my parents always tell me that it fits me well. And with a name like Axel, I was born to wear a mullet. I love my hair. I feel like we helped this kid win last year because we talked about him. And we talked to him. Did we talk to I can't our, remember. Our receiver got an exclusive <laughs> with little Axel. Uh, so you're welcome, Axel. We're trying to help him out. Get two in a row here. Get uh, mulletchamp.com the website. We're rooting for you, Axel. Right now it's 727. Time now for news about your money. The WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. Market uh, gets going here in an hour, but so far so good in the futures anyway. The Dow, the Nasdaq, S&P futures all up as we are an hour from the bell. Get on track with investment and retirement planning. Visit AnnexWealth.com and click on the Get Started button today. MLB.com's Adam McKelvey joins us for Brewers 360 at 745. So we've lost a great one. Breaking news. Tony Bennett, the timeless stylist whose devotion to classic American songs and knack for creating new standards has made him a legend, has passed away. Bennett, 96 years old, two weeks short of his birthday. Publicist confirming his death. He had been uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's. He'd been uh, suffering from Alzheimer's since 2016. AP Story calls him the last of the great saloon singers of the mid-20th century. The last, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm trying to think. So Goulet is gone. Mm-hmm. 
Mel Torme is gone. Frank mm-hmm. has been gone for a long time. You could just be naming names. I'd agree with you. <laughs> Tom Jones still around. Is that fair to put him on the same plane? I mean, I Longe- longevity wise, yeah, I I bet he could still draw a sizable crowd. He's not, you know, reaching the no. The- Johnny Mathis is gone. Or no, I'm sorry, Mathis is still alive. Michael Bublé. I mean, is he the? He's definitely like the heir apparent, right? right? Yeah. Definitely. You know what's amazing to me with Tony Bennett, this stat that the AP had? He released more than 70 albums. Yeah, right. 19 Grammys, all but two of those Grammys, post 60 years old. Yeah. That's amazing to me. And it's awesome that he got kind of a, I don't even want to say like a second wind of a career. I don't know if that's fair, but staying so relevant with the stuff that he was doing with, with Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. Yeah, like, man, that's, that was that's awesome. awesome. I agree. That was fantastic. It was great music. Tony Bennett. Dead at 96. Here's to the greatest. News is sponsored by Annex Wealth Management's Money Talk. Heard Saturdays at 10 right here on WDTMJ. Climb halfway to the stars. The morning Wisconsin's morning news for a Friday, July 21st, as we move our way through summer. Boy, we're almost done with this, right? I'm already starting to see the back-to-school stuff. Okay, not yet. Some of the uh, the high schoolers are already getting back into the, the fray of sports and practices and whatnot, and here we are. It's July 21st. I need like four more weeks of not that. <laughs> Has this always been what it is? Like that we've been thinking about going back. I don't remember it as a as a youngster thinking in July twenty first that I'm ready to get to go back to school. But maybe that's just me. And no, I'm I don't looking... think they're ready to go back. <laughs> well, no, but like you're seeing the signs and things. Maybe I just look at our youth through like rose colored glasses. But I, I feel like that was like a August tenth thing, yeah. and then all of a sudden it you're was. ready to rock. My my kid's school had a uh, fall sports meeting two weeks ago. July 10th. Come on. Fall sports meeting for fundraising now. Let's start now. (laughs) Yeah, they're selling those chocolate bars. 744. Brewers 360 is next. We got Adam McKelvey waiting in the wings. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Behind a Christian Yelich three-run homer, the Milwaukee Brewers beat the Philadelphia Phillies on Thursday afternoon. This one by final score of 4-0. to Corbin Burns got the start, tossing eight scoreless innings, allowing only two hits as the Brewer took two out of three. Next up for the Brewers is the league's best, the Atlanta Braves tonight at American Family Field to begin a three-game set. That first pitch is all set for 7-10. Brewers 360 sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Joining us at 746 MLB.com's Adam McKelvey, who covers the Brewers. Good morning, Adam. Hey, so yesterday, I got to give my, my colleague here, Brandon Snide, some credit here. So yesterday, Adam, Brandon said that we all deserve or we all need to give the GM and the team of leadership there for the Brewers a big apology. Because we all hated on the Josh Hader trade, everyone complaining all that, but now it looks like you could argue the Brewers won that trade. Um, you can argue that because of who came from it, which is Asturi Ruiz, which the Brewers flipped for William Contreras, who's been really good uh, behind the plate and at the plate, and uh, Yoel Piamps, who's been 
really a bullpen saver. You know, we do the BBWA, we do every year the local chapter, our own awards, and one of them is Unsung Hero. And I think Piamps is a pretty good contender right now for the that Unsung Hero Award because you think about Matt Bush not being on the team anymore, Peter Strzelecki, who was really good for him in the second half last year in the pen, he's down in AAA. So they needed someone to step up into that spot in front of Devin Williams. And it's been Piamps who came in that trade, and I don't think anybody really paid much attention to it because the new catcher was sort of the one who made headlines. But if so, I, were, I, I don't think that's going to make people not hate the t- hater trade anymore, but right. maybe they'll feel a little better. I was just about to say that if I were playing devil's advocate, though, <laughs> I mean, Last ima- yeah. imagine <laughs> if that trade had not happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think without that trade happening, though, that the Brewers aren't in the position that they're currently in now. And speaking of being in the position that they're currently in now, Adam, first place, eleven games over five hundred. Looking pretty good. They're, the Brewers are just, it seems like to me, you know, recent memory, just littered with younger talent. Uh, your rebates up here now. Uh, obviously, we saw Terrain and Garrett Mitchell with the injury. Uh, Freilich down in AAA. Is there a list of guys you think that the Milwaukee Brewers are looking right now throughout Major League Baseball to make a trade for? And, and could it be including one of these younger up-and-comers? Well, I mean, I think when when you get to this time of year, the trade deadline this year is August 1st in the afternoon this year. Um, they're going to be looking at bullpen. I think most contending teams always look for bullpen arms, and they're going to look for a bat because, you know, they've done a better job of scoring runs, and it's it's not just, um, you know, a short stint. I think coming into the the All-Star break, they were really scoring a lot of runs, and that was a great sign for a team because that's been their weakness. But if you think about the corner infield spots, that's a, a position where there's room for a bat. And, and I do think they'll look at that. And, look, that's the thing about trades is, is it always takes um, it always takes something to get something. And people don't like doing that. But, but you sometimes do have to trade a prospect in order to get a guy you need. And that's why the GMs always talk about – Matt Arnold is talking about doing this responsibly because he doesn't want to – you know, sell the farm for a guy who's going to be there for two months. And that's the balance you always have to make when you're trading for a pending free agent. So they'll look at guys typically who have control beyond the end of the season. But I think they will try to pick up a bat. And, and in that case, you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle because a guy has two months to impress. And I think, you know, you think back to that 2020 shortened season. When you're looking at a small sample like that, it's, it's, it's hard. You, you, you know, you get off to a poor start in that short stint, and it kind of screws up your numbers the whole way. So you you are trying to kind of catch a guy at the right time. Adam McKelvey, uh, see you at the ball yard tonight. MLB.com's Adam McKelvey on Brewers 360. Thanks, pal. See ya. So unfortunately, very nice. I caught that. <laughs> well done. Thank you. By the way, pancake breakfast special at 8.40. Looking forward to that one. Um, Unfortunately, no Tausch today. Tausch is on vacation. Uh, We chatted with him yesterday while he was on vacation. and uh, So he's not here today, um, but he'll be back next week, uh, late next week, when he enjoys the rest of his time away. Uh, But instead, what we wanted to do is um, bring back an interview. I I spoke with Grace Stanky. She's Miss America. She's from Wausau. And she is the one, you may recall who is the um, 
nuclear engineering student or was a student at UW-Madison, graduated now, but she studied nuclear engineering there. And she had tweeted about Barbenheimer uh, several days ago and, and said, like, hey, come on, let's make this happen. Barbenheimer, come on, let's go have a double feature and whatnot. And it got a lot of attention. So I, I called her up and wanted to ask her just about which film she wanted to see first, what would be the most interesting to her, and just get her take. And just fascinating uh, comments from her. So the first thing I did ask her was, who was more uh, influential, Oppenheimer or Barbie? Oh, 100% Robert Oppenheimer. Um, I think that for me, seeing someone who is able to utilize science and to think about it critically, which I think I haven't seen the movie, but I think it will show a lot of the philosophical struggle that, that came with nuclear weaponry because it wasn't something that just happened. Um, I, I think that's a really incredible thing and an important part of human history and an important part of human future as well. As we continue to convert to clean energy, to zero carbon energy, nuclear energy is going to be a part of that, which is totally different than weaponry. And Oppenheimer is part of the, the people that helped create this incredible life-saving science. Is he part of the curriculum? Like, does his name come up quite a bit? I mean, engineering classes usually don't have a whole lot of history in them, unfortunately. <laughs> we all know of him. I've been to a couple of conferences where you ask who is the favorite nuclear scientist. You know, you got Einstein, you've got Oppenheimer, you've got Marie Curie. You've got all of these incredible, influential people. Uh, but he is someone that everyone does know pretty, pretty commonly amongst the nuclear world. Is there a way to put it in perspective for a layperson like myself? Like if I'm trying to think of a good comp. Like, who, who could he be compared to in a different industry? I would say Oppenheimer's probably pretty similar to, like, the guy who made the super soaker, right? Who was also actually a nuclear engineer, fun fact. It's something that is kind of the, the pathway for an entirely new industry to be made. So the super soaker led to Nerf, and it led to all of these other sort of, like, toys that, that kids now commonly use. That's like the best thing I can come up with right now. So speaking of toys, Barbie, obviously very influential, too, in a different way. Is Barbie now, in your mind, is it is it a toy that can be used for good, for lack of a better term? Yeah, you know, I've always, growing up, I was someone who did play with Barbies and everything. And growing up now and being Miss America, and Miss America, I would say, is similar, where it's a woman that young girls look up to, right? That is the that is what Miss America is, is, a role model for young girls to strive for, right? A lot of what I brought into the role as Miss America is I wanted to represent the women who can, the women who can be nuclear engineers and competitive water skiers and violinists and Miss America amongst all of that. There's no limitations. There's no borders. It's about pursuing your dreams and achieving them. And I do think, I, I haven't seen either of the movies yet, but I do think Barbie... Uh, will help capitalize on that sort of women's empowerment aspect and showing that we're capable of really anything. What reaction did you get, if any, when you posted? You said you wanted to see both of these movies. You targeted Barbie. You targeted Oppenheimer. <laughs> what was the reaction? Yeah, you know, I don't think Barbie and Oppenheimer want to be uh, tied together in any capacity, <laughs> but I think people are just doing it, you know? I think it's happening. That's the beauty of social media. 
so there isn't any official double premieres that I can attend, unfortunately. Uh, but there is a lot of people that are reaching out and are offering to pay for the ticket or offering to help make it happen in a sense, which is really exciting. So I do plan on, like I said, seeing both of the movies within the next week. I am shooting for both of them on Friday, but uh, I just have to figure out some scheduling things otherwise. Miss America's Grace Stanky from Wausau. Thank you as always, Grace. Really appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you so much. By the way, Grace did tell me that she's going to see Oppenheimer first because <laughs> that would be the better movie.